Safety, dependability, and power. Chevy Silverado isn't happy unless the work is hard and the day is long. No wonder Silverado is America's number one best-selling retail pickup truck. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. The Chicago defense wreaking havoc. It's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Yeah, I mean, the defense, I mean, you just look at everything that happened today. Given a short field multiple times for us to take advantage of it. Get up 14 0 was, was big. The give is taken by Montgomery. And how about this start for the Bears? From the gun, looking back to the end zone. It is caught. Mooney, touchdown. They didn't let up all day. You know, our defense played unbelievable today. Here's Kevin Powell. Well, good for Robert Quinn setting the Bears' single-season sack record, topping Richard Dent, the Hall of Famer. Quinn now up to 18 sacks. Dent had 17 and a half, which was the franchise best in a single season. I mean, that's impressive stuff for Robert Quinn. You think about all the great defensive players that have come through town. Uh, to be number one on that list is, is pretty incredible. And what a turnaround it's been for Robert Quinn. He had just two sacks last season. To see him doing this, and he's very reflective in his post-game press conferences. He's gotten emotional plenty of times this season as well, talking about you know the turnaround comeback year he's had. So impressive stuff from Robert Quinn this season when there hasn't really been a ton to be overly excited about. Robert Quinn has brought it every single week. Bears beating the Giants 29-3 to at Soldier Field. I'm Kevin Powell. Episode 26 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Was it Matt Nagy's final game at Soldier Field as the Bears head coach? Here's what he had to say after the game. For me, I take it day by day. If it, if it goes that way, then it's, uh, it's meant to be. And I just, it's uh, at the same point in time, I'm so stuck in today's game and the feeling that I have that I, I don't even have time to, to really, I haven't thought about that. So kind of some coach speak there, just saying day-by-day situation. It would be something else. It would be incredible if they did bring back Matt Matt Nagy. I don't think they're going to. And I I know there's been a lot of talk about this new rule in the NFL where the final two weeks you can interview candidates or request to interview candidates uh, around the league and how that may give the Bears a leg up on some other teams. It's I've seen people make the case that they should just stick with Nagy through the rest of the season, and I don't think – like, I would have been fine if they had moved on from Matt Nagy before the season was over. Um, I also just don't know how beneficial that would have been in that two-week period because we don't know who's going to be doing the coaching search. That's the big question here. Are the McCaskies planning on completely clearing house? Ryan Pace, is he gone? Is Matt Nagy gone? Is Ryan Pace getting put into some sort of different position with the team? And then you bring in another football guy, football person, to uh, run the football operations, and Ryan Pace is in some other sort of role. Or or do the Bears move on completely? So I think it would have been a weird kind of uncomfortable position for the Bears to be in if they were to have let Matt Nagy go to open up that two-week interviewing process early. But then if 
it's Ryan Pace doing the search, and then you fire Ryan Pace. That just looks really bad. You know, that, that would just be an awkward look for the Bears. I don't think it would be um, beneficial at all. So uh, we all believe Matt Nagy's days are numbered in Chicago. Um, and I think, you know, I've been thinking so much about, like, the Matt Nagy time here, and we think about how special that 2018 season was. Um and that it's been downhill ever since. I mean, they made the playoffs last year, but that was because they had the expanded postseason and they, they snuck in. Um, I think it's, for me, the, the the one point of frustration that keeps sticking out is that the Bears underachieved. You know, I think Ryan Pace did do a pretty good job of acquiring talent, especially on the defensive side of the ball. That was the best defensive unit in 2018. 2019, they were still very good. But after that 12-4 and special 2018 season, expectations were sky high. I mean, going into the 2019 campaign, it was, you know, the Bears 100 season. They're going to start against the Packers. There was, you know, the NFL was here in Chicago. It was a huge spectacle. And the entire season was a clunker. I mean, there was some real Super Bowl talk going into that season. Now, we've seen it, you know, forever in Chicago, you get a good defense and you don't have an offense to pair with it. And that was the case. Matt Nagy was brought here with the hope that he could uh, modernize this Bears offense and develop a quarterback. And he failed to do that. He's been given a lot of time. He also was given another shot with a young quarterback. And we'll get into Justin Fields plenty more. Hopefully he plays in Minnesota because it's, you know, I've said this many times, it gives you much more reason to watch and it makes it more enjoyable when Fields is out there. Now he hasn't played all that well. And I think a lot of us are a little worried that Matt Nagy would kind of screw things up with the quarterback. I think has basically all the tools you could possibly want in an NFL quarterback. He can run big arm. Seems like a great leader. You know, he's basically won his whole life. So do you really give Matt Nagy another shot at that? Because when he was calling plays, you know, the other week, it it was horrific. It just looked like Matt Nagy play calling. So I think Matt Nagy is a really good guy. Uh, wish him the best. I'm sure he'll land somewhere around the NFL. It's not done yet. I'm kind of talking like he's already been fired, but we'll see. We should know a lot more. I'm excited for this offseason because uh, I think the Bears could set the franchise in a new direction by hiring some other people, by moving on from Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. And you have fields to build around. You have a young quarterback. I mean, look at look at what's – we know this. You get a franchise quarterback and you're set for, you know – for the most part, you're probably going to be a competitive organization for 10-plus years. That's the dream and hope here in Chicago is Justin Fields is that guy. Does Matt Nagy get another shot, another season at working with Justin Fields? I don't know why you would do that. I think you bring in somebody new. Uh, I think the players do really like Matt Nagy. I don't think, you know, I think Nagy is as much as I criticize his play calling and coaching and things like that, He, you know, he doesn't really say much in his press conferences, but it's not like this has been a complete uh, train wreck. I mean, we've seen plenty of disasters around the NFL where you know players are furious or people talking out against one another. I don't get that vibe. I don't get that sense. I think for the most part, uh, they like Nagy, but uh, I think it's time to move on from Matt Nagy and and there's really no sense in talking a whole lot about this Bears-Giants game. It felt like it was over in the first few minutes. The Giants, for whatever reason, had an empty set backfield, and 
it completely backfired on them. And Travis Gibson, by the way, I know we're talking, we're going to talk a lot about Robert Quinn here, but um, Travis Gibson could be a nice little find. He's up to six sacks on this season. He had two Sunday, so uh, six and a half sacks so far for the second year edge rusher uh, Travis Gibson. He talked a lot about you know watching Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn and having that opportunity over the past couple of years. So who knows? Maybe they've got something there with Travis Gibson. I thought that was uh, something that really stood out from the game where. Uh, you know, he set the tone early, and he was he was active. He was in the backfield. Although the Giants and Mike Glennon, man, I Mike Glennon's that dude just keeps getting paid, and I've never seen him do anything good on the football field. <laughs> like I can't think of a moment where I was like, "Yeah, he looks like a pretty good quarterback." Every time I see Mike Glennon play, it's horrible, and he keeps getting jobs, and he's made all this money. I mean, good for Mike Glennon. And I thought that was, you know, we watched that game against the Giants, and it's like, all right, this is the Ryan Pace Bowl. You have Mike Glennon and Andy Dalton out there. Two guys, Ryan Pace. Uh, the Dalton one was a knee-jerk reaction that didn't need to be made, especially when he had Nick Foles, and we saw what he did uh, against Seattle. And it felt like when the Dalton signing happened, it was a it was a general manager who felt a lot of pressure to beef up his quarterback room. And then you had Fields, and then you had this crowded room. It's not necessarily a bad thing for Justin Fields to be around those two guys, but um, yeah, I mean that's you know that's an, another point. Obviously, missing on Mitch Trubisky, and then just really the whole ways handled the quarterback situation. Um, you know, Mike Glennon a lot of money, Nick Foles, Andy Dalton. And he did find a way to get Justin Fields, so credit to him for that. And, and as I said before, I think there are some, you know, we can be very critical of Ryan Pace, but I think he has had some really good moves. I mean, he, he acquired Khalil Mack when nobody thought the, that you were going to be able to pry away Khalil Mack from the Raiders. So um, I personally would just clean house, move on. It's time to turn the page. It's time to focus on building around Justin Fields. I think there are some core pieces. What about Akeem Hicks? Does he return? Maybe. Maybe, you know, he's getting up there, and maybe a team doesn't want to dish out a ton of money, and it seems like he likes Chicago. Maybe the Bears find a way to bring him back on a reasonable contract. Allen Robinson I don't see sticking around. Um, there will be decisions to made, uh, to be made. So uh, Bears win. Nice victory over the Giants, who that's just a really awful offense, a really bad football team, and it's one that uh, felt long because it felt like it was over in the first few minutes. And um, But it's a win. It was uh, you know, likely Matt Nagy's final game as the Bears head coach at Soldier Field. He goes out with a victory. One more at Minnesota. Uh, but more on the Bears and Giants and Robert Quinn and all of that uh, with WGN's Mark Carmen. Fresh off his WGN Radio postgame show. With Dan Hampton and Ed Bradovich, it's Mark Carmen. I love talking Bears with you, Carmen. We've only got uh, one more week left. You had kind of a cool perspective doing this post game with Dan Hampton, somebody who played with Richard Dent. That was one of the big storylines today. We can get us some, into some other stuff, but Robert Quinn, I think, is such a great story where it looked like, wow, things are really bad last year, and he's talked about just he was dealing with a lot of personal stuff. Stuff was going on in his life, and now he's the single-season Bears sack holder. And that's saying something. We're talking about an organization who doesn't win a lot, but they have a lot of good defensive players in their history. What will happen this year? Option A, Justin Fields will be great. B, Matt Nagy will win Chicago back over. C, uh, let's go with Ryan Pace. 
will somehow right the ship and Bears fans will start to believe in him, or D, Robert Quinn will set the all-time Bears sack record. <laughs> I mean, what percentage of the votes would that one have gotten? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good point. I see where you're going with that. It's I was not anticipating this sort of – I mean, we know what he's capable of. I mean, he's, he's – is Robert Quinn a Hall of Famer? Wow. I would not say – he's had some great years – the consistency, I don't think, is quite there for the Hall of Fame. However, his story where, as a senior in high school, he was told by doctors that you better tell your family that uh, you're not going to make it through, and he had a tumor on his spine. And so, I mean, think about that. For an 18-year-old to have to handle that, and then, miraculously, he gets through it and makes his way to the NFL, now making his way to the Bears' all-time record for sacks in a season after having an atrocious first year mm-hmm. with a foot that didn't work. I, and every single teammate of his, they, they love this guy. It feels genuine, right? Yeah. So just a, a, one of the best stories of the year, without without a doubt. Yeah, I, I thought that was uh, – it's very cool to see. I also thought Travis Gibson, who's a second-year sure. guy, he brought it today. He had two sacks today, a couple fours fumbles. He's up to like six-and-a-half sacks. Could be a nice little find moving forward. Um, what is your hunch? Matt Nagy, of course, was asked, you know, this might be your last game at Soldier Field as the Bears head coach. He just did some coach speak and kind of said the day-by-day thing and all of that. Where did you stand on the whole, like, it's time to move on from Nagy to allow the Bears this two-week window that the NFL has now over the final two weeks of the season? My stance on it was like, yeah, in an ideal world, that would be the case. But it's like, who is conducting the coaching search? Because if Ryan Pace is doing some interviews over the final two weeks and then they move on from Ryan Pace, it's a really awkward look for the Bears. Right. You've got to do this in the correct order. So the order would be, Ryan, my name is George. You know me well. You uh, are no longer with the organization. Thank you so much. You're going to go on to be a great director of college scouting for somebody in the NFL. Your career is bright. You made a ton of money here. Thank you for the seven years. Uh, Hey, Ted, you're director of Arlington Heights. Thank you for that. I am bringing in a football guy. I'm calling everybody that I know in the game. I'm calling every single Chicago Bear, and I'm asking them how I should go about the search. And I'm taking that information, and I'm using it in a constructive way. This shouldn't be that hard. And then I'm making that higher. And then let, and, and from there, I'm done if I'm George. And let that dude figure out the coaching search. They don't... The, It'd be great to get the coach right and get the first coach that's out there, but more important is to get the new football president, name him as such, and have that guy in place and just take a deep breath, have a cup of coffee, whatever, and 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 sit back and let the rest of it happen, a la Ricketts and Theo. Yeah, the most terrifying thought right now for Bears fans is the idea of potentially not – getting Justin Fields to the potential we all believe he has. That is a full-blown nightmare scenario. It would be very on brand for the Bears to have a a guy like Justin Fields. And look, stats are not impressive. He's had some ups and downs this year. He's a rookie quarterback, played behind a bang-up line. A coach that's supposed to be good at this is not good play caller. Uh, there's a lot of things that went into it, right? So you can't just really look at Justin Fields' numbers. I'm, I'm so, I'm big on Justin Fields. I think he's going to be a stud in this league. If it's not with the Bears, I think he'll find success elsewhere. 
The nightmare scenario here is the Bears not finding a way to develop a legit NFL offense. I mean, look what Joe Burrow did today, smoking a cigar. Like that's if you were the Bengals, you're like, this is the this is the scenario we wanted. We wanted this guy, and now for probably as long as he stays healthy, you're looking at a guy that's that's going to do what franchise quarterbacks do and create a consistent winner in Cincinnati. This is. The dream scenario for all NFL teams. Um, that's why, like to your point, you have to set a clear direction and get this thing in order because it feels really messy right now. Yeah, and the purports coming out, KP. Well, they're not sure if they're getting rid of Nagy. Can you imagine? I mean, I think about last year's end of season press conference where they both just stood up there and took it. And I've never seen Bears Twitter. I mean, Bears Twitter loses like every day. But during that press conference was one of like the funniest, the outrage from Bears fan. It was hor- like it, it was really bad. It was a, just an incredible. <laughs> we don't care what you think, and we don't have any idea how to put out a positive message. Right. So we're just gonna do. <laughs> it was like t- it was like Nagy's on the call, and like George and Ted are t- uh, talking. It, it was so awkward and so weird. I think everyone here recognizing that. I think the Bears do have some solid talent on this team, and I will say this. For the most part this year, they've played hard under Nagy. There's been some clunkers and some games where they didn't show up, but for the most part, they've played pretty tough, and I don't think Nagy's ever entirely lost the locker room. Um, but I just think everybody would would feel much better knowing like we're bringing in a fresh voice to lead this this team and this roster and, most importantly, help develop Justin Fields. Yeah. I have having a hard time, and we do this, at least I'm sure I've done it many times, but just what you're, what you're saying, they played hard. It's like, that is the lowest bar. Yeah. Imagine yeah, I'm you, not like applauding it. Yeah. Like, like you know? at least we didn't do what Antonio Brown did. <laughs> right. At least we didn't take off our jersey and throw it in the stands. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. You know, I'm you know, not like, like trying to find... I guess, but, I, but Nagy does it all the time. We play; they played hard. They yeah. fought. Hard. That's who they. It's I'm like, like just I'm win, like, you know. Like, dude, I don't. I'm not giving you points for them trying. Yeah. These, these guys are getting paid a lot of dough. And I, it was an interesting comment this week from uh, Eddie Jackson, who were he's talking about pride and playing hard and that whole thing. He's like, you know, Roquan said, you know, hey, let's go out there, let's do this right. Play for the play. Play for the name on the back of the jersey. Play for the name on the back of the jersey, which is true, by the way. You're out there, you're you're representing yourself, you're representing your family. Don't go out there and dog it, so they're going to talk bad about you. But it's a lot different than say, play, you know, play play for play for the play for the orange and blue, play for the front, play for the city, play no, play for like that's that's at the end of the day what it is. You all are putting tape out there. You all have pride. Don't go out there and dog it. I mean, and they haven't to their yeah. to their minor credit. It's it's a very. I'm not like celebrating it, but I see what. Your point is like you're in the NFL. You should play hard every game, even if you're horrendous. I mean, the Giants looked just that's so that, bad. That was terrible. Like so, that game felt over in the first five minutes. It, it did. I it mean, did. you know, they after the game, like Robert Quinn and Gibson and Nagy all brought up the fact that they were like, yeah, the first play they had like empty set backfield, <laughs> and everyone's like. Like they almost were like, what the hell are they doing? This is great. First play, Travis Gibson blows up Mike Glennon. By the way, Mike Glennon and Andy Dalton are out there. Two quarterbacks Ryan Pace believed in enough to give some, some pretty fat contracts to uh, Carm. I think that uh, it was sort of like this underlying narrative, right? It's like, all right, the guy up in the box making Bears decisions is currently watching Andy Dalton, who's second on the depth chart, and Mike Glennon for whatever he is on the Giants depth chart uh, out there. 
It was like this dude doesn't. This dude has, has screwed up the quarterback situation in Chicago. That, I mean, that, that he pulled was, off the Fields pick, and I think he deserves credit for that. I know everyone's like, "Well, he lucked into it." I'm like, "Well, sort of, yeah, I guess, kind of, but still." No, I, I give him credit for trading up to get Fields and swinging again. That was actually my favorite part of the post game show when we got to the 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 fact that Pace was probably sitting there in his you know corner of his room that you can barely see him, and he's 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 got to be rooting for Glennon to do something. Just don't be this bad. Don't be negative ten yards. <laughs> it's so bad. I mean, it got to a point where the Giants it was like third and ten, and they're like, we're just going to run the ball. Right. They ran it three times Drop, in a row. Drop play. Like you're not allowed to throw the football anymore, Mike Glennon. We can't protect you, and you can't. And protect yourself, and this defense is going to kill you if we just keep throwing it. And he had zero urgency ever. It, it like, was so bad. Like, he was inaccurate. He's throwing right. the ball all over the place. It's like, who is... I mean, I hate to like take shots at the guy, but it's like, good for you, Mike Glennon, but like, what has... What have front offices seen in this man where he keeps getting paid and keeps getting jobs? Yeah, I don't get it. Like, really? There's not anybody else out there that can be a professional and perhaps has a drop of upside that you'd be interested in, but you're going to go sign Mike Glennon for whatever the Giants paid him, and I get it that there wasn't the $18.5 million the Bears guarantee him. This dude's made $32 million. $32 million for basically being tall and looking the part. Right. I was saying this earlier on the podcast. Like, I can never remember a moment watching Mike Glennon and be like, yeah, he looks kind of pretty good. Like, he looks okay. Like, I kind of see why he, like, is in the NFL. Every time I watch Mike Glennon, I'm like, how? Why? Who are you? How do you keep getting these jobs? Right. Like, this I mean, is- I get it. Maybe as, like, a third-string guy, but, like, to get these fat contracts, like, what are we missing? Oh, I love him. He's 6'4". He sees the field. <laughs> yeah, right. Big arm. Great leader. Can get in and out of the huddle real nice. First-class guy. You're going to love him. Glennon. <laughs> he, they, they went, he went 10 for 11 for the Bucks the year before the Bears signed him behind Jameis Winston. He didn't play at all. He threw 11 passes. 10 of them were complete. I haven't gone back and watched the tape, but I'm guessing they were all dink and dunks at the end of games yeah. and, and pace like, that's the guy. I, 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 three years, $45 million, 18 and a half guaranteed. My guy. <laughs> Time to sure up the quarterback room at Hellas Hall. We're, gonna, we're getting Mike Glennon, folks. <laughs> I'm the smartest guy in the room. I'm going to draft Mitchell Trubisky over two guys who had stellar, beyond stellar, and certainly in the case of Deshaun Watts, I know things have gone sideways there, but 28-2, and two, I'm taking Trubisky. Come on, man. Don't, don't be the smartest guy in the room. Drafting Chris Bryant's okay. You could just you know take take the take take John Elway number one. It's all right. It's, you know you, you don't have to you don't have to prove anything. Um, so one of the important factors here with Justin Fields is going to be protecting him moving forward. One guy we think might be that left tackle of the future is Tevin Jenkins. The Bears and he had been dealing with an injury, and the Bears elected to start Jason Peters, who's probably never going to play in another NFL game after Sunday against the Vikings, and then they'll go into the Hall of Fame and all that. The Bears went with. With uh, with Peters, and Nagy was asked about the game, and he kind of went like it's the veteran tip of the cap thing, like future Hall of Famer. He worked his way back from an injury. I saw a lot of Bears Twitter outrage over the fact that they were starting however old Jason, what is he, 37, 39? Um, who's done an admirable job this season. I'll give him credit, right? He stepped in. We're like, we have no clue what we're going to do at left tackle. Again, that was on Ryan Pace. Tevin Jenkins got hurt. But still, like, what are you doing? Um, your thoughts on that to start Peters over Jenkins today? See, if Tevin Jenkins is not healthy, okay. And he was dealing with the shoulder and the off the back. And if if you're trying to protect the guy and let and give him the full off season to get 
his strength up to where it needs to be to be a productive left tackle in the NFL. But to me, Larry Borms played well. And I would want to see if he can handle left tackle. Because to me, Jenkins makes more sense. He's He hasn't been a left tackle in college. so And Borms played well, so I would want to see him over there. And then maybe I play Tevin at right tackle. I certainly... Look, hey, Jason, thank you so much. You came when we had no option. <laughs> literally no left tackle. Right. We That's had, how badly crafted the roster was by Ryan Pace. You were literally on a fishing boat, and you see Juan <laughs> Castillo's <laughs> phone ring. Like, I know what this is. I'm on a boat right now, Coach. What's up? Sure. You know, wait, t- Jason, we don't have a single left tackle available, and I know it's just like a few weeks to the season starts, but can you pack up your boat for a few months and come to Chicago? And we'll pay you millions of dollars to do it, and you can add that into the retirement fund, and you're never going to get that opportunity in all likelihood to make that level of money again unless you turn into Pat McAfee and somehow become an amazing gambling talk show YouTube stud and get $30 million. But this is probably a good thing for you to do. And That's so nice for Pat McAfee that he's Aaron Rodgers as a friend. Dude makes so much news every single time he's on that. I never like watch it. I you know I don't thirty million a year. Pat McAfee for anybody who doesn't know does sort of like a YouTube podcast football show and just got a major investment from one of the top DraftKings. DraftKings and it's is that the that's that's everybody's dream right there. But you know he does have the he's got the resume playing the NFL has a lot of connections and it's turned into somewhat of a of a fascination for many. I can't really I, you know there's just so much. I don't even want to. A lot, lot of money in the gambling space, KP. Yes. Uh, um, anything good or anything else stood out to you from the game? I feel like the game is such like. It doesn't matter really, like at all. Like it was cool for Robert Quinn, Travis Gibson, um, but like Fields wasn't out there. We're all just kind of like, let's get the season over with and let's turn the page and let's figure out the future of this organization. Yeah, the only thing that stood out to me is watching the game today. Uh, Hamp, in particular, was paying more attention to the other TV that had other games on than the Bear game because literally no one cares. And we, <laughs> it we, was it was empty there, Carm. Yeah, soldier. I mean, it was probably. 50% full. 10 buck tickets right before kickoff available. It's a cold one. $35 for 50-yard line downstairs. And, you know, lights for the postgame show, always strong. Lights today, not as strong. I mean, it's over. It's over and done. By the way, uh, I'd be remiss uh, not mentioning it. I didn't know him very well, but Jeff Dickerson, I'm sure everyone has, has heard that uh, he passed away after a battle with cancer. Just 44. His wife passed away a couple years ago. 11-year-old son Parker losing both his parents in a, in a two-year stretch. Just horrible. And in the in the press box today, they had um, memorial forms, pictures, some flowers the Bears put, and there was a moment of silence for him um, as well. And then after the game, we're in the, in the uh, interview room, and Mark Grody, who does the sideline work for the Bears Radio Network, uh, came in with his poster. And I was like, what's up, Mark? How you doing? And he, like, showed me the poster, and it said, like, win one for Parker. And, you know, Jeff Dickerson and a fan gave it to him. A fan was, like, yelling for him. He's like, please bring this in there. So um, we they put we put it up, like, in the interview room so it was there. And, like, Robert Quinn walked in. He's like, oh, I'm reading the poster right now. So uh, just, obviously, condolences um, to the Dickerson family. I know you knew him, knew him, Carm, right? Yeah. So when Dave Annett sends us out to Hallis, we've got our little booth out there, right? Mm-hmm. And you've been there a million times, KP, and... It's not it's just a very grindy NFL season and people aren't in a great mood and <laughs> the new guy coming out who doesn't regularly cover cover the team 
they're not like the oh, various beat reporters are very tight. Yeah, you know, and like if you're not in their circle, and I've gotten, you know, I know. You know, Hogue and Johns and, you know, all the beat reporters, they're very cool, but it can be a, yeah. They're doing their deal. Everybody's busy. It's another it's another day. JD, was he would just, hey, Carm, what's up, buddy? Good That's to great. see you. Glad you're out here today. If you need any help, uh, let, me, let, let me know. And then, like, I would be sitting at the cubicle, like, something would be going on. Like, so, hey, hey, man, the locker room's open. Like, I wouldn't even know or whatever. Like, because normally, because they bring people into the press conference, mm-hmm. he'd be like, dude, locker room's open. If you want to go in there? Like, you know, stuff like that. And yeah. outside of that, and then just, you know, right, just conversations that um, you would have with him. And he was just uh, fun, honest, supportive. Uh, every bit of why all this is coming back his way. Um, and, you know, I, I, I didn't know he was sick. And I got a text. Uh, he, you know, kept it very quiet, and uh, is the circle of Bears people knew. But so I get a text. You know, maybe a, I don't know. Call it ten days ago now. Uh, you know, JD's got X amount of days to live. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? And so I send him a text, like just just underlining what uh, what a great guy he was and how much I appreciated him. And you know, this guy's in hospice. Um, and I don't hear back, and I wasn't even planning on hearing back, but then the next day it comes back, thanks, Carm, uh, da 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 love you, buddy. I'm like, you, you don't have to do that, dude, you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah. like, like... I, I wish I had gotten to know him um, better, just a couple nice, hey, how are you, like in the in the press box, but everything I've, I've, I have never heard a single bad thing, like everything you're hearing from fellow media members uh, is true, and uh, our condolences to the Dickerson family. Just Absolutely. figured I should mention that, uh, you know, we had the memorial and whatnot in the... Uh, in the press box, and they had a tribute on the video screen too of of John Madden and Jeff Dickerson at the same time. So, um, not to end on a sober note here, but I just wanted to to mention that. Uh, any other final notes from today? How were Car- how were uh, Hamp and Ob? Were they fired up? I walked in and I heard Ob yelling. I wasn't exactly sure what he was yelling about, but he sounded fire up, fired up, and I was pretty late into your post-game show. O- Obi screamed at me today because I tried to underline that the Bears' offensive line actually has some pieces moving forward in a, in a cheap Larry Borum and a cheap Tevin Jenkins, and that might be slightly appealing to whoever is going to get Ryan Pace's job going forward that you could build around an inexpensive quarterback relatively in Justin Fields and a rookie deal, plus you've got, uh, you're not spending a lot of money up front. All of these things are good things, and then Obi just screamed to me, "The Bears' offensive line is absolutely putrid." Um, and I'm like, "Well, but but Borum and Jenkins, Obi," and he's like, "Borum and Jenkins, and Jenkins, man." I'm really interested to see what Tevin Jenkins can do in a full season. Hopefully, he's full go, can have a full camp, be integrated into the system, and we can see more next year. But I am James re- Daniels too, by the way. James Daniels, he's a guy. We'll see about the center position. I don't know if I'm sold on Sam Mustafer, but uh... Mustafer. Just, I'm excited about this offseason, Carm. But, uh, you know, we yeah. first things first, George and Ted need to hold another Zoom call with reporters <laughs> and tell everyone they're moving on from Ryan Pace uh, and Matt Nagy. I'm glad we did the offensive line talk on the back end here. I'd love to see Justin Fields out there next week. So Let's go I. one more time. KP, good to see you, brother. All right, Carm, thanks. That's going to do it for Episode 26 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Thank you to Mark Carmen for joining me. Thank you to Ernie Scant and Brian Altimer for their help producing the podcast, Episode 26. Thank you very much for listening. I have another uh, Bears uh, podcast up before the season finale at Minnesota, and then we'll have a post-game podcast as well. Appreciate everyone who has listened uh, throughout the season. I've had fun doing this podcast. So we'll keep it going through the end of the year. And, of course, there's uh, always stuff to talk about in the off season. This is the WGN Radio Football Podcast.